you're listening to a message from Kaleo Phoenix, a church plant in downtown Phoenix that creates space for people to practice the ways of Jesus together. My name is Erin. My pronouns are she, her. And as always, I'd like to open up with a land acknowledgement to honor the Native people that existed here before us, especially on this particular Sunday, which is the week of Thanksgiving. So tonight we honor the first peoples of current day downtown Phoenix, the Thana Otham Nation. In the words of Lisa Sharon Harper, they were and are here. We see you. We honor you. And we thank you for laying foundations of harmony, balance, truth, and honor. Thank you for stewarding the land where creator settled your people. We bless you. We bless your elders, past, present, and emerging. Well, here we are, still trying to navigate the horrific realities of Gaza, Sudan, and Cuba, while still acknowledging the ongoing systemic genocide right here in our own nation. May it be a reminder to us to listen and to keep leaning in and listen to the voices of all people groups whose backs are against the wall. Last night, me, Kendall, and Alexis, in partnership with Corazon Arizona, had the privilege of showing up to CARE Arizona and their annual banquet. CARE Arizona is a Muslim community organizing group in Arizona, and this year at their banquet, they had Congresswoman Rashid there as the guest speaker. Now, this event had been planned long before the events of October 7th and the ongoing genocide in Gaza. And this banquet was almost canceled twice for all the reasons that we're familiar with right now. They had a new location that they asked us not to post about publicly. They had extra security inside and outside. They asked us not to post any pictures or videos until Monday. And all of this was done to keep the congresswoman and the people present safe. It was a privilege to sit in a room at this moment in history and listen to one of the great leaders of our time tell all of us that we must continue to fight and show up for one another because what happens to one of us happens to all of us. It was beautiful to share a table and space with our Muslim brothers and sisters who cried together and laughed together and smiled together, and hoped together, and came together. The room was honestly filled with hope and love, and I was reminded of the beauty of being connected, even if our faith traditions look a little different. Congresswoman Rashida made a powerful remark that an older black pastor friend of hers told her. She said, America is not divided. We are actually disconnected. What empire greatly fears is our connection to each other. No matter how different our stories, lived experiences, religions, or backgrounds, our ability to connect with each other is the strength needed to defeat imperialistic powers that have systemically harmed all of us. Honestly, friends, reconnecting to one another is a hard thing in a world like ours. But as we practice the ways of Jesus together as the multi-ethnic family of God, Jesus embodies what it looks like to reconnect. To reconnect with children, mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, humans, tax collectors, prostitutes, political leaders, military, blind and paralyzed, believing and non-believing. Jesus embodies what it means to reconnect with humanity. 
Being that it is the Sunday before Thanksgiving, I felt it would be impactful to read a Thanksgiving message from three Native American women. May their words, stories, and voices be a map for us to reconnect with each other and the world. And may we lean in and listen for a long time. Just a quick disclaimer. This is not meant to bring about any shame or discouragement from participating in our unique family traditions of breaking bread, being together, and showing gratitude. Instead, I hope that their stories, as we listen, we find ways to reconnect with our faith and with each other through voices that shed light on our country's difficult history and show us a new perspective of our world and its beauty. With that being said, our first story is from Dr. Adrian Keene from the Cherokee Nation. She says, I'm sitting at the airport the day before this weird holiday that we call Thanksgiving, wearing a shirt that reads, this is native land. I keep sitting up straighter and pushing my shoulders back, daring the folks walking by to look, to read it and to reflect. I'm frankly out of words right now. I'm exhausted. I've spent the last two and a half months traveling all over the country, talking to college students and communities about Native representations. I met amazing students doing good work, but I also faced over and over deep and in many ways carefully orchestrated ignorance about Native peoples. I heard faculty members try to white mansplain Native history to me. I heard New Age allies ask why they weren't allowed to host vision quests and naming ceremonies. I had college football players try and justify the Washington Redskins to my face. But I know, or at least I hope, that I opened eyes and shifted ways of thinking. I wouldn't keep doing this if I didn't have that hope. Education and teaching are powerful. But three days ago, I also watched as a bridge in Cannonball, North Dakota, and a community of water protectors I had just left was turned into a war zone. I cried in my bed with my computer on my lap as a water cannon rained down in icy sheets on protectors I know and love. I watched my friends panicked live streams, and my sister colleagues sent me images that looked straight out of a horror film noting that she was okay because she was just mildly tear-gassed. I didn't know what to do, and I still don't, really. I'm trying to have hope. I'm trying to think about the resistance born in me and other protectors these past months. But it's so hard. I instead keep thinking about the thousands of elementary school students slapping paper feathers to construction paper headdresses, being taught a story of friendship and community of pilgrims and Indians erasing the genocide that came along with that colonization. The genocide we survived only in 2016 to be maced, shot, and water hosed for protecting those same lands that so generously provided you that harvest dinner. She said, Thanksgiving has always felt hollow to me in my adult life, but this year feels even more so. But I'm just going to return to the phrase on my shirt that this is native land. It will always be native land. And I am grateful for that. I will continue to fight for this land, 
I will continue to educate others about this land and I will pray for this land. And yes, tomorrow, Thanksgiving, she speaks of, I'm going to eat some mother effing turkey. But not in honor of some mystic coming together of natives and colonizers, but because the turkey is delicious. And the fight will still be there after that turkey. And I'll be ready. Selah. Our second story and second voice is from Malia Chun, a native Hawaiian woman. Her story is this. Me? I'm just a mom on a tiny island in the middle of the Pacific. And as I sip my tea, I think about the holiday Americans call Thanksgiving. I'm not thinking about ovens roasting overstuffed turkeys or the smell of pumpkin pie baking or the endless sales that feed our consumer appetites. No, I'm thinking about the thousands of faces of mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, and children being brutalized. These faces are 3,652 miles away. But in them, I see my own mother, father, brothers and sisters, my own children. You see, I, I am Hawaiian, and I too understand the pull and ache one feels to protect the sacred, to protect life, to protect our ancestors and our descendants. For Native people, this pull and ache is not a choice. Back in 1842, a young Hawaiian by the name of Timo Deo felt the same pull and ache of responsibility, Hawaiians call kuleana, which drove this young Hawaiian across the world to gain European recognition for the independence of the Hawaiian nation. Timo Teo was successful, and Hawaii became the first non-European indigenous nation to be recognized within the League of Nations. Sadly, Timo Teo, died before this return home. But to honor his efforts, Hawaiians declared November 28, 1842, Hawaiian Independence Day, or Lu Kua Koa. After the illegal overthrow of Hawaii's kingdom in 1893, colonizers banned La Ukoa Ka and replaced it with what we now call Thanksgiving in hopes of forever erasing Hawaiians' history of independence from the minds of its descendants. As for me, she says, a mom on a tiny island in the middle of the Pacific, on the day Americans celebrate Thanksgiving, I celebrate Lakuakoa, Hawaiian Independence Day. And I think of my Native American brothers and sisters, 3,652 miles away, fighting for what is sacred and essential to human survival, land and water. And I sharpen my spear and prepare for the pull and ache of ancestral obligation. Selah. Our third and final story is from Jocelyn Rosell, a Navajo Dine woman. Dine believe and practice principles of Kia, the understanding we are not only related in kinship to each other, 
but through the connections to one another, we have a civic responsibility to each other. Kia tells us when one of us is sick, we are all sick. When one of us is lacking or unhealthy, it impacts us all. We are meant to live in poetic reciprocity with each other and Mother Earth through active hope. Looking at various challenges facing our communities, we need to move beyond just hoping for a better future for our people, for our youth. We need to continue to act, to create it. We need to pair our hope with actions. Actions aligned with our values as Dine or five-fingered people. We have seen what happens when actions are not thoughtful. We are left with a society so detached from the understandings that everything has an origin. Every action has an impact. When we are able to act within our communities for the betterment of others, we will speak sacredness fluently. Speaking sacredness fluently is expanding our beings to stretch beyond the knowledge we have today. It is a practice aimed at realizing that we are always becoming and always able to give more of ourselves to each other. We are born with the potential to be leaders, but not in the non-native sense of being a person central in power, but being a person who owns their power and communityship the essence of being, acting with the principles of Kie. This is the time, my relatives, to act in the teachings of Kie, to harness, cultivate, and create a society who speaks sacredness fluently. We are resilient multiverses, brimming with the light of millions of ancestors and descendants capable of walking this path draped with sacredness and power. I believe in us, she says. Go and try harder. Selah. With that being said, let's take two minutes and silently reflect on what we've heard. For more resources or information about Kaleo, please visit our website at kaleophx.com or follow us on social media. If this episode has been helpful to you, let us know or share it with someone you know.